Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Kim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode 2021 Instructs and Ask Me Questions If I Was Confusing. Instructs. Instructional ball, instructional camp is a bit of a, each team does it their own way. Each team has their own method of instructing players. And it's not necessarily a case of this is the good way to do it. This is the bad way to do it. Each team assesses which players they think probably need a little bit more time, and they go with it from there. Arizona Phil had a fantastic article, pardon my redundancy, because pretty much everything he writes is fantastic. He was talking about the Cubs Instructional League roster, which I'm going to go through in this podcast, and mention a couple interesting things. Teams aren't required to have an instructs. Instructs will generally occur either in Florida or Arizona. Teams are not required to have instructs. Teams, uh, the Cubs actually a couple years ago had instructs in February. For them, for that year, it worked better that way. Now, at the end of this season, they've decided they're going to have instructs in September into October. For about about a month, let's see. Oh, uh, this year instructs will begin on September twentieth and conclude on October sixteenth. So basically, players from the full season um, rosters that were going to be in instructs would then head out to Mesa, and there are four players who are coming from the Dominican League. When that season ends, to be added to the Instructs roster. And what will happen, part of it is building camaraderie. Part of it is getting extra innings or at-bats in. Part of it is getting to know what the Cubs actually expect of players. Because some teams have their own way of running things. Some, for some teams, character is, very, is a very important thing. For some people, character is a less important thing. For some people, um, taking lots of batting practice is important. For some people, however a team wants to run things. However a team wants to run things. Instructional league is where a lot of players hear that. Because instru- when you have a player, let's see, I, I'll, I'll use um, Brennan Davis for an example. He's been around. He was drafted in 2018. He's been with the Cubs. He has already gone through all the, I will use the term, indoctrination long ago. He knows how it works. He knows how the system works. He knows what's expected. He knows that if he decides he wants to go out and get in 50 swings on a Tuesday in January, he can do it. It's not a problem. He understands how the things work. But there are some players who haven't quite figured out how the Mesa complex works yet. Perhaps they spent a bunch of time in the Dominican Summer League and this 
was their first season in Arizona. And it's just been kind of big. It's been kind of heavy as far as adjusting to living in the States and adjusting to um, being away from your family and just adjusting, adjusting, adjusting people who need extra innings or need to better adjust to how things are going. Being in the instructional league is useful. Again, it's not a every player checks every box, but uh, these are the players that are on the instructional league roster this cycle. Giovanni Cabrera, Burl Caraway, Dakota Chalmers, Chris Clark, Bradford Depperman, Luis Devers, Angel Gonzalez Martinez, who actually I don't need, I'm not even familiar with him, um, Drew Gray, Dominic Hambly, Porter Hodge, Bailey Horn, who was acquired from the White Sox in the July trade run. Luke Little, Michael McAveen, Keon Moreno, Eduardiel Nunez, Nicholas Padilla, Daniel Palencia, who came from Oakland in the Andrew Chafin trade, Yuri Ramos, Sheldon Reed, Benjamin Rodriguez, Arian Rodriguez, Luis Angel Rodriguez, Frankie Scalzo Jr., Tyler Schlafer, Doris Valdez, Didier Vargas, Alexander Vizcaino, who came over in the Anthony Rizzo trade, Chase Walters, Pablo Aliendo, Moises Ballesteros, who's coming up once the Dominican Summer League season is finished, Miguel Fabrizio, Ethan Hearn, Casey Opitz, Malcolm Quintero, Ranier Quintero, Bryce Ball. Oh, he's on the list. Didn't really expect it. I guess I'd probably seen him being on the list, but that's a bit of a surprise. Bryce Ball came over in the Jack Peterson trade. Christian Hernandez coming up from the DSL. Ed Howard, Kevin Made, Matt Mervis, Raphael Morel, BJ Murray, Christian Olivo, Miguel Pabon, Reggie Preciado, who came over in the U Darvish trade. Pedro Ramirez coming up from the DSL. Jason Santana, Darvish trade, Liam Spence, James Triantos. Ah, James Triantos Jr. He's going with the junior thing. Okay, didn't I hadn't seen that before. Uh, Luis Verdugo. Outfielders, Kevin Alcantara came over in the Anthony Rizzo trade. Owen Casey came over in the U Darvish trade. Alexander Canario came over in the Chris Bryant trade. Parker Shavers, Christian Franklin, Frank Hernandez coming up from the DSL, Peter Matt, Ismael Mena, Darvish trade, Ezekiel Pagan, and Felix Stevens. So a lot of players who just came over in trades, a lot of players who came over um, who, who came over through the draft, and a number of players who um, international editions from whenever. It's uh, it's a mishmash. It's players who are going to probably be benefited from getting a few extra looks and getting to know what is the entire Cub way thing. If you if you believe in the um, what intrinsics of the Cubs way and people following and going at things in the same direction. 
instructional league, a lot of times there will be a bunch, you know, we're going to have a team hike and climb a mountain or uh, team building sort of things. So players are more trusting of players who they have. For instance, Bryce Ball, he knows the players that were with South Bend. But really, he doesn't know anybody that was with Myrtle Beach. He doesn't know anybody that was just in Mesa. He doesn't know anything about any of that kind of stuff. What he's known about is what's happened in South Bend since he was acquired from the Braves in July. Thanks for stopping by for the podcast. Um, If you think this is worth any value to you, if you don't, why are you listening? Feel free to contribute either through Anchor, either through my Patreon account. Um, I enjoy doing these and I enjoy when people say this is actually really beneficial And here's a little bit of change in the jar for you. After all, I have my expenses, and this is basically how I am trying to pay for them. One thing the Cubs are trying to do with Instructs this year, and it seems to make sense. Ideas tend to make sense. They tend to seem to make sense. They don't necessarily make sense, but they tend to seem to make sense. There are 60 guys, 60 guys in Instructs. 28 pitchers, which would hint at 32 hitters. They split it up into two different teams. And one team on a certain day will be playing a game while the other team is doing other stuff, whatever that other stuff entails. Probably both sides will do a little bit of practice, um, batting practice, or working on whatever pitchers do. I still can't... Hitters make sense. Pitchers, oh no, I I got pitched a little bit, but it's my side day, so I can't really pitch. Yeah, they're all working on what they're all working on. Um, but there are two different teams. So one game, one day there will be a game for the one squad, while the other players possibly they go out and climb a mountain. Then the next day they switch. These guys are going to go climb a mountain. These other guys are going to play in the game. And it's useful, it's interesting, it's educational. It's not necessarily always good, but there is information that comes from each and every game that's played, much like in the pipeline, much like with the parent club. On Tuesday, the Cubs played against the A's. There are only three teams the Cubs are going to be playing games against this offseason in instructs and let's see here are the three teams are playing part of it is they're close part of it is they're both you know when you have friendly rivalries with organizations it's funner to play against them than against teams that you don't have friendly um friendly chatter with uh, the Brewers, the Diamondbacks, the Giants, the Mariners are not fielding Arizona Instructional League teams this year. That doesn't mean they don't have squads. That doesn't necessarily, they're, they're not fielding teams. So they might be doing a whole bunch of climbing mountains. They might be having um, uh, batting practice. They might be having emotional bonding or whatever. But they're not playing games. The games that the Cubs are playing, the 19 games that the Cubs are playing, are against the Angels, 
the A's and the Rockies. So the Cubs will be playing 19 games against players from those three organizations. And as an aside, as an aside, by playing games against the A's, the Cubs probably get extra looks at players from the A's in their system. So in case there is a trade next cycle around, the Cubs will probably be somewhat familiar with the A's and the Angels and the Rockies. So when there are trades that possibly are discussed, if the Cubs are making trades with the A, the Angels, the A's, or the Rockies, perhaps the Cubs might be more familiar with players in the Angels, the A's, or the Rockies systems because they played those teams quite a bit in instructional ball. <sighs> Full breath. On Tuesday, the Cubs played the A's, and it's a 6-6 tie. Ezekiel Pagan homered. This is my shock face. Ezekiel Pagan so missed out on the... It, it used to be back in 2019 and before. You would have the Arizona Compound League. You would have full season ball, and then you would have the... Northwest League in between. So if a player was better than the Arizona Compound League, but not quite good enough for full season ball. I'm going to say that again. Better than the Arizona Compound League, but not quite good enough for full season ball. Just He's, he's better than these guys, but he's not good enough to play at that next level. There are players like that. He's better than these guys, but he's not quite as good as those guys. There's an entire league for players like that. There's an entire league for players like that. And, uh, oh, geez, back when Buster Posey had been drafted by the Giants. The Giants immediately sent him to the Northwest League. He played, there's a 56-game season. He played like 50 games. Played pretty much every day. Playing against players at that level of better than the Arizona Compound League, but not quite as good as full season ball. And Buster Posey played every single game he possibly could against those players. And he was better than those guys. And day after day, he was better than those guys. And he would beat up on those guys. And he would wail on those guys. And eventually, he's advanced to where he is now. But that league no longer exists. That opportunity no longer exists. There's either play in the compound league or play at the full season level. And there's nothing in between. And it's really hurting low-A baseball. Today's Cubs lineup was as follows. Parker Shavers in center field. Christian Olivo at shortstop. Jason Santana at second. B.J. Murray at third base. Matt Mervis at first. Kevin Alcantara in right field. Ezekiel Pagan in left field. Malcolm Quintero catching Luis Verdugo D.H. Um, a lot, oh, let's see, one, two, three... Three of the hitters were recent draft picks. One, two, two of them were recent trade acquisitions. Parker Shavers, who played eventually in the Arizona League. But again, he was in a situation where he, he was having to fight for at-bats at that level because the Cubs only had one team at that level. 
and Shavers didn't really get a whole lot of at-bats much of anywhere. Uh, Shavers, one for three, single, walk, two runs, stolen base, Christian Olivo, one for four. TheCubReporter.com is where I'm finding this stuff. You should be quite familiar with Arizona Phil's stuff because he is fantastic. Jason Santana, two for four, single, single, RBI. B.J. Murray, a walk, an RBI, 0 for 3. Matt Mervis, 1 for 4. Homered. Kevin Alcantara, 1 for 4. Single. Scored a run. Ezekiel Pagan, 1 for 4. Homered. 2 RBIs. Malcolm Quintero, 0 for 3. Luis Verdugo, 0 for 3. Now we jump to the pitchers. Michael McAveen struggled mightily. Chase Watkins did what Chase Watkins did and got people out. Angel Gonzalez Martinez, two and a third innings. I got to look him up. I have no idea who he is. Um, Didier Vargas, one third of an inning, one hit, one run, one earned, one walk. Struggled a bit. 16 pitches, eight strikes. Probably might have had a uh, roll em there. I don't know. Um, I recommend that you check out how the Instructs games are going. It's not a case of it's essential for the Cubs to win every single game. It's much more of a mindset of who is doing what. One thing that interested me, B.J. Murray betting fourth. Doesn't necessarily mean anything, but B.J. Murray betting fourth and Kevin Alcantara hitting sixth. I think they want to get B.J. Murray plenty of looks. Um, he did well in college and didn't really get all that many opportunities in the Arizona League to shine. Boy, it should be useful next year if the Cubs can have two different Arizona League teams because then more of these players can get more looks. But uh, to be able to have two Arizona League teams, a team has to have enough pitchers and catchers to support two different squads. Thanks for stopping by. I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe, go Cubs go, and be nice to people.